Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new special episode of Ian Hates Music Conversation Edition. Thank you very much for joining me. I don't often do this, kind of switching things up. No big intro. I want you to get right to the music and right to the conversation. The reason why I'm doing that is this is a complete surprise and shock to me. Today on the show, I have Matt Good from From First to Last joining me on Ian Hates Music. So let's get right to it. You can hear me blather on about how much of a fan I am during the conversation. And then I'll come back afterwards and talk to you about music choice and everything like that. So right now, here's Ride the Wings of Pestilence and then the conversation with Matt Good from From First to Last. Enjoy.
Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I actually, I can't believe that I get to do this introduction on Ian Hates Music, but I actually do. Right now, I'm about to talk to Matt Good from From First to Last. Matt, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I am very good. I'm super surprised and shocked that this is actually happening, to be quite honest. Oh, no, it's all good, man. I'm stoked, stoked to be here. Oh, no, I, I very much appreciate it. This is something that I never really thought would happen, so let's address all the rumors first because this is kind of what everyone's been wondering. We had the announcement that you were starting new work on From First to Last Music. You kind of put something on Facebook. And then when there were the, the rumors about Sonny, so let me just go ahead and ask you straight out the thing everyone's been waiting for. What did you think about the trailer for Rogue One? <laughs> uh, you know, looked pretty great. I shared it on my Facebook, so I was definitely pretty excited about it. <laughs> I had to. I had to start. I know we'll probably talk some Star Wars later, but I just thought that was great. So yeah, we'll definitely get to that. But let me ask you before we start all the from first to last talk. You're doing a lot of producing right now. What are you currently working on? Because it seems like you're in the studio doing a ton of stuff. Yeah. Um, Currently, I am working with Asking Alexandria on some new material um, for either a new record or, I don't know, we've been, they've been talking a lot about maybe different release formats and things of that nature, but either way, I'm, I'm working on their new material right now with them. That's what I've been mostly doing. Gotcha, yeah, I saw, I saw recently, and that's, that's awesome to hear because I know they're doing their European tour right now, and then, yeah, I mm. guess... It, it would be about time, right, to start a new album or start something new. So that makes total yeah. sense. What yeah, we're, you know, oh. the writing and all that. Let me ask you this. What did you think of their last album? Because I recently saw them on tour when they came over with Bullet For My Valentine, and I think that's one of the top albums in 2016 for sure. Yeah, I definitely really like it. I think it's super good, and it made a really good introduction to their new vocalists, which you know is absolutely necessary given their situation. Yeah. Um, on this new one, I'm really just trying to get them to kind of push the boundaries of their music and their band a little bit more and like, you know, like really come into their own, like having a new identity with their, with Dennis as the singer instead of Danny and whatnot. Sure. I mean, that's been the number one goal really is just kind of driving the band to have like this new identity that's like very firmly in place and recognizable by, you know, a listening audience. Oh no, that makes total sense. Yeah. Especially... You know, with the change in vocalists, that makes total sense because, yeah, you don't want to repeat what they were doing before, but it seems like they had right. started going in that different direction. So at least now you get to kind of cement that a little bit more. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Oh, very nice. Well, let me ask you about this because I also saw, uh, and I know you're doing a ton of projects, but I also saw something with, I guess, an indie rapper, I guess I would call her uh, Whitney Payton. You did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you did that track, Flatline with misfits as well and i thought that was really cool because that's way outside the genres that i normally listen to but i really enjoyed that track yeah yeah oh yeah i completely forgot about that i sing on that one yeah um uh yeah uh whitney's really cool i actually produced her entire full length that comes out in october yeah right and and it's like you know it's just straight up you know it's right hip-hop rap you know and it was just like a really fun thing i really i like having a diverse uh template of stuff to work on throughout the year because it gets like you know kind of mentally exhausting to just do the same thing like every day you know oh sure is that kind of how your taste in music is right now are you all over the place with different genres 
Yeah, I really am. Honestly, it's it's funny, like, my 15-year-old self, like, if you told me, like, oh, hey, you know, when you're 32, like, you're going to like everything, I'd be like, <laughs> you're right. Like, cause, I don't know, for some reason, like, when you're young, at least, like, from my generation, I don't know if it's still like that now, but it seems so much like you're identified by the kind of music you like, like, sure. primarily. Right. And I don't know, like, I just don't feel like that anymore. Like, I can enjoy anything for what it is. It just... If it's good and I like it, then cool. I really don't care, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I think, yeah, and I and I grew up around the same time as you did. And it's just one of those things where, yeah, you were in a clique based on what mm-hmm. music you liked. And I think now, you know, still going to shows, I try and go on a weekly basis, you're seeing a completely different, not only like amount of people that are going to these shows, but also, you know, quote unquote type of people because you're getting, yeah. you know, from the range of like 14-year-old girls to the, you know, 30-plus-year-old men as well. Like, it's completely different. Before, there would have never been that kind of mixing of everybody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? Honestly, it's funny because I feel like at first the Internet enhanced the feeling of the clickiness that was around, but I think that over time it's actually taken it away because, I don't know, it's just like there's so many dividing lines that don't feel like they exist quite as much anymore because everyone's so connected all the time and stuff, and I just don't really people think that much into it anymore like they used to yeah i can agree with that i mean this show in general what we try and do is we try and talk you know it's rock and all the subgenres of rock and then if something comes up that we're interested in then we'll also talk about that as well it doesn't happen that often because we know what our audience is normally listening to but sometimes it does yeah and you know at the end of the day man music is just music like you know like it's kind of hard to understand when you're younger but it's like you know, it's just a reflection of your environment and your culture you're brought up in. And it's like, you know, there could be a person that's making rap music that has all the same, like, goals and drives and, like, everything, you know, that you feel as a guy who's, like, trying to start, like, you know, a punk band or whatever. It just, it doesn't matter. It's, it's all the same. It's just, you know, a reflection of who you are or what you've been around. Exactly. Yeah. And now, is that kind of why you got into producing in general? Because you started doing some producing from from first to last, obviously. And now you're working on that pretty much full time, it seems. Is that kind of one of the reasons why you did that? Like, how did you find out that you were good at it and that you liked doing it? Well, actually, the way it happened was uh, very kind of weird it kind of just fell in my lap to be honest um okay i was i was in arizona because that's where i live now um Mm -hmm. with my then girlfriend now wife and i had recently left the band drugs and i just didn't really know what to do you know every every musician kind of like faces that moment where you kind of have to like look yourself in the mirror and be like okay i devoted my whole life to being in a band and that's awesome but there is always that inevitable what now because you know, being in a band forever doesn't really happen to, like, it's funny because the 1% of people actually get to the point where you can be in a successful band, and then 1% of that 1% make it last forever. Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, there's, there are most people, there's that inevitable point where you're like, what am I going to do now? And, like, that's, like, always been the scariest thing, I think, for most musicians, especially, like, the full-time touring people. Right. And, uh, so I reached that point, and yet, you know, and at this point, I had been doing it for a decade. You know, between from first to last of drugs, it was just a lot. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I just I thought about like getting a real job and all that, and like, <laughs> nah, it's just not me. You know, I just can't imagine doing that. Right. So, um, uh, I met this guy Zach, who's now my manager, and he uh, he was like, hey, well, you know, I'm working with this like local band and. 
you know, they could use some help writing, and you want to just come listen to their stuff and give them some pointers. Right. So I did that, and then I was like, this is pretty fun, and then I did it again with someone else, and then it just kind of organically built over four years to the point where now I'm just like a full-time producer at my own studio. It's crazy. It makes total sense, though. I, I don't know, and obviously I don't know you personally, but I feel like since following you from the beginning of From First to Last, it would be hard for me to imagine you just being in a quote-unquote regular job. Yeah, I, I yeah I know. It's funny because my temperament, I don't think it would allow for it because I'm like, <laughs> I have too much opinion, you know? Like, I feel like if I was working at, like, the words, like, you should do this, I'd be like, that's stupid, though. We should do it like this. This would be so much better. And then it'd be like an argument. I'd be like, all right, I'm done. Right, right. <laughs> no, I can, I can completely understand. That's why I have this show. It's just because I can then say whatever I want. I go to my regular job, and then I come here, and I can go ahead and share all the music I love, and I can talk about whatever I want. Right. Perfect. That's great. It's good yeah. to have an outlet. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what most people need. And I think for you as you know, being a musician, that's kind of what you get to do all the time, which is awesome. Yeah, for sure. And I would say, and you know, let's let's skew it back a little bit from first to last. I would say as a band as a whole, where you've been that constant throughout, you've been a band that it doesn't seem has ever pulled any punches. It seems like you guys have been able to really do whatever you want anytime you want. Would that be accurate? Oh, I mean, absolutely. It's it's funny, too, because even when we were told to not do things, we just did them anyway. Right. <laughs> like, well, a lot of people have been ruffled. Their feathers have been ruffled by our decisions throughout the years. Like, I'm talking, like, kind of like, you know, the suits, you know, the yeah. people behind the scenes. Because we've always had that attitude. We're just like, dude, who cares? Just do it. Right. Like, you know, it's just, it's always been like that since day one. And, you know, it's, it's made it a really interesting journey. But that even applies to things like why we've had so many different members over the years. <laughs> right. Because it's not like we have, like, this crazy plan, like, oh, you know, like, this guy sucks, throw him out, let's get this guy <laughs> instead. Or, like, oh, we need a person to do this now, so we're going to hire this guy. Like, no joke, everyone, including Sonny, that has ever been in the band, mm -hmm. has been like, yo, dude. You need someone to be in the band? And I'm like, sure, why not? Right. Just come join. I don't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's actually something I was going to ask you. First of all, I did want to mention something you just said. I love that you called them suits. I haven't heard that for a while, so <laughs> I've always appreciated that because I think that's what I call my bosses. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> very nice. I, I appreciate that. Second is, I was going to ask, with how many members you've had throughout the many years, do you have, and I know, you know, from things I've read and from research I've done, I've known that, you know, people just ask to be in the band in most cases. Do you have, like, being the constant member, do you have a speech that you give people when they come in? Like, is there something like, this is how we do things, this is what we plan on doing? Um, it's not like, it's not necessarily like a rehearsed speech or anything, but I've always kind of made it kind of clear everyone in the band that like we're just all about like you know having fun being spontaneous like kind of just you know just doing whatever seems right in the moment or whatever and uh everyone's always been really cool with that and you know it's just funny because like yeah since i've been in the band the whole time i feel like it's like like this traveling circus or something right. it's really funny just like all <laughs> these like revolving members like people coming back in and out again and stuff right you know i was gonna say this at some point i might as well say it now but congratulations for being around for as long as you have been because like you had mentioned before it is rare especially for a band that started the way you guys had and the way it's been throughout the years to still be around and making music that's awesome 
Well, thanks, man. I mean, I definitely, uh, I definitely feel very fortunate, and I definitely feel a lot of uh, gratitude towards the, you know, like the fans of things that I've done that have, you know, let me be in this position for sure. Absolutely. Let's go all the way back a little bit and start with the EP. So you, right. you went through a ton of changes. I'm not going to ask every, I literally, I could go through track by track on, on all this stuff, but we're not going to waste your time with all that. And I know you've done many, many interviews throughout the years where you've talked about all that stuff. But in general, you went from the EP, you went to Dear Diary. And let me, let me first start with this too. My introduction to you was when Dear Diary came out. And the reason why I found you was because Heather's is one of my all-time favorite movies. So, oh, nice. Oh, yeah. As soon as I saw that title, I go, what type of band would have that, that obscure quote from a movie that I don't think did well at all? It's more of a cult movie now, especially. Like, what mm-hmm. type of band would have that? And I just want to know, like, I know that's where it came from. Was that one of your favorite movies? Like, where the name, how did you decide to get that one? Okay, so literally all credit on that goes to Derek. Okay. Derek Derek is the band, like, uh, like what's the word for it? I don't know. He's just the guy that procures all of these obscure cult-like references because, ah. he, like, he's the guy, like, he just came to my house not too long ago, and I hadn't seen him in a few years. Yeah. And he was like, and he literally sat there drinking beer, showing me different, uh, songs by different artists, like for like hours, shit I have never heard of ever. <laughs> and I, he's like, "Dude, you gotta hear this thing. This girl's voice, this right here. Oh, listen to the percussion on this. Look at like that dude is so deep into things that no one knows about. Yeah, which is awesome because I, I mean, I don't even, I can't even begin to fathom having the time to find all that. Right, stuff. <laughs> right. But, but he does, and like same thing with TV shows and like everything, movies. Like he's just always been that guy. Like when he first joined the band, even. He's always been like that. I had never even heard of black metal in my life until I met him. Oh, really? And okay. he's like, yeah, he's like, listen to all this stuff. This is called black metal, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what is up with this? This sounds like they recorded it in a garage with one microphone. He's like, right. exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what they do. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and yeah. now Derek didn't come back for the new stuff, right? Uh, what, Dead Trees? Yeah. Uh, no, he did not. He was uh, just, you um, know personally disposed at the moment when we were doing ah, that okay. but he's, he's back now oh he is back now okay great that's awesome yeah. yeah because he was he was part of most of the albums if i'm not mistaken right yeah all of them except that one right okay all right just want to make sure on that one very nice i have to i have to say this because you know when's the next time i'm going to have a chance to talk to you one of the other things that got to me from dear diary was when i first heard ride the wings of pestilence and i heard the I'll hide you in my walls, <laughs> your body will never be found. That line right there, that whole that whole section is such a hilarious insult. Like it's the most brutal insult I think I've ever heard. Did you write all those lyrics? I know Sonny came in later in the process. Did you have all those lyrics written? Um yeah, well, okay, so that record as a whole was a collaboration of me, Derek, and Sonny, okay. if I remember correctly. Like I think actually we pretty much all collaborated in the lyrics mostly, but a lot of the songs are like a bulk of one person and another person will fill in the gaps kind of thing. Right. And that one was a bunch of me, if I remember right. And the whole thing about that one is we were just talking because like there's a ton of like satirical undertones in Dear Diary. That Absolutely. Kind of like the whole premise. Yeah. 
So I was, I was talking with them about how it would be kind of funny if we wrote a song like kind of based off of like Silence of the Lambs meets Edgar Allan Poe or something. Sure. And uh, and make it like overly crazily dramatic. Yes. So, <laughs> and that's where that that's just where that came from. And it was funny because when we made it, the label was like, I don't know about these lyrics, guys. And we're like, No, dude, like it's fine. Trust me, like no big deal. Especially because it was the first song we put out, so they were right. like really concerned about it. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you know, and right, rightfully so, I guess. But we didn't think it was a big deal. But it's funny because it came out, and it's like I feel like a lot of people like didn't get that it was sarcastic because I saw like people trying to think of all these metaphors, what the lyrics could mean, and stuff. Sure. And that's that's the cool thing is like you know with music and lyrics in general, you know you can apply meanings to things. It's not really necessarily set in its way. No, absolutely. Yeah. When we wrote it, it was definitely just like, yeah, this is ridiculous. (laughs) And we're like, yeah, and that was it. You know. Right. No, I. I still laugh out loud. Like it's such an awesome chorus, and yeah, I look. I remember personally. I remember playing this for girls that would be over, and they're like, "What the fuck are you listening to?" Like that is. <laughs> I don't feel safe here anymore. Like that's for sure happens. But then, if you really, yeah, like you said, if you listen to the album, you know it's satirical. You know there's more to it. It was just such a brutal insult, and you would never be able to use that insult on an actual person. But no. that's it's just so great. So yeah, I just you know that's my that's my complimentary stuff there. But that actually brings up something since you were mentioning lyrics and everything. Lyrics I find are one of the most important thing. I know lots of that's a cliche statement. But what kind of made you originally want to write lyrics? Like how did you get into it? Because some people just want nothing to do with it. If they're playing guitar, that's what they want to do, and then they're happy kind of to get some stuff in. But what kind of made you gravitate more to writing those lyrics? Um, you know, I think it's just one of the things that kind of, it's just assumed, you know, because I was singing for the band. So it's like, oh, I'm a singer. I have to write lyrics now. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of one of those things because I had sang for um, my band. Like the the band's original uh, form was, it was called First Two Last, and yes. I was a singer. Mm-hmm. And it was a three-piece band, and I just sang and played guitar. That was before we merged together with Travis and all that. So, yep. um, yeah, so I'd always kind of been in that position. So I guess it was out of necessity. And, like, with lyrics, I feel like I've written some stuff I like in my life and everything. But at the same time, I think the strongest lyricist in the band by far has always been Derek. And, oh. uh, and he, you know, he's just so creative with wordplay and stuff like that. And it's just, I don't know, it's just it's just forte for sure. All right, yeah, I didn't know that as much. I knew I knew that you had collaborated with members of the band, but I didn't know Derek was really that driving force. That's great to know that he's back then. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are songs I've written lots on. Yeah. And, you know, that are on albums and everything, but I think the one, the lyrics that I feel the most stoked about for sure are most of the ones he's written. Oh, that's awesome. He's just he's ridiculously good with just saying things in a crazy way. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's great to know. I think people would be very interested in that. Yeah. So, what was it like for you, though, going from that singing vocals position and having to transfer a lot during the years? Because, like you said, you started doing the main lead vocals, then you switched it up when Sonny came in, then you switched back to uh, you know when uh, the self-titled and Throne came out, and then you kind of took more of a backseat again for Dead Trees with Spencer. What was that kind of like for you? Are you just like a go-with-the-flow type person and you'll just fill in wherever you're needed? I mean, yeah, pretty much. That's been my attitude towards most things. But it, it's funny because, like, when I sang for the band originally, I felt like I was getting a real hold over it. 
And then we had this whole discussion about how we didn't foresee ourselves as being a band with a guitar player singer. Oh, okay. And at that point, I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll have to drop the guitar. <laughs> <clears throat> and so Sonny came out to actually try out for guitar. Right. And then what happened was I was writing, and he came in to help me, and he was singing, and I thought his voice sounded pretty good. I'd never heard him sing before. And I was like, hey, you should go try and sing this part, because I was just curious. Yeah. And then he did. And then we we're like, damn, that sounds really good. Like, that sounds like the exact style that we, you know, assumed that what it would sound like over this music. And then we just had, like, a band meeting, and five minutes later, we're like, yeah, sure, you can sing. He's a singer. <laughs> so that was, like, a total go-with-the-flow thing. Yeah. But for me, in that moment, I was actually pretty stoked because I've always felt, like, really comfortable playing guitar on stage, and that's just kind of, like, what I enjoy. Yeah. And uh, so it worked out well for me. And then when he left and I had to sing again, I, you know, I was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep playing guitar. So okay. then that was that was a lot to get used to because, you know, like a lot of the music was written around the idea of having two guitar players that are, you know, readily available to do just guitar. You right, know? right, yeah. So getting used to playing and singing, especially like stuff off heroin and things like that. Oh, yeah. I don't know, man. It was it was hard. It took like it took a lot of work. And then you know, and once I got used to it, then we did Throne to the Wolves, and I was like, okay, you know, I got a grasp over this now. And then we just went way crazy on the guitar in that yeah, record, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, crap, what did I do to myself? This is insanely difficult. Right, right. So, yeah, I don't know. And then yeah, when we did that trees, it was more of like a. I had just been in drugs for a few years, and I was like, well, when drugs, I went back to my role as being the backup singer and right. guitar player, and I felt like that was the biggest weight lifted off my shoulders ever, and I had such a great time on stage with that band, and I yeah. was like, I just want to continue riding this wave, and that's why I had Spencer come in. Okay. All right. That makes sense. I think that is something where some people will latch on to a certain band because a lot of people like the one man fronted band or now two you know there are some people that have two uh clean and unclean vocalists that both don't play instruments and they're just performing yeah. on the stage and then there are the bands that have the guitarist or the bassist that's doing the entire singing as well so you kind of wanted before to have that one man fronted band and then two guitarists yeah yeah okay. pretty much you know because like it's just a lot easier to play the songs well and you know put on a better show because like the biggest thing i noticed is when i was singing and playing guitar mm -hmm. it's like typically a singer would be singing and engaging the audience as a guitar player you'd be playing guitar and engaging the audience but as a singer and a guitar player you have to play guitar and sing which is already way more difficult right. than it should be in the first place and you have <laughs> to try and engage the crowd all at the same time and it's just crazy difficult uh, I love hearing about this because a lot of people aren't as open about that, but that's always the way I thought of it because when I was in, believe me, failed bands, uh, I always wanted to be <laughs> vocalist and not play guitar and not do anything else and let someone else do that because, yeah, to me, that seemed like it would be easier. Not only do I have tons of respect for any band anyways, but then also if a band member was doing singing and guitar, I was like, wow, they are putting so much effort into doing what they're doing so it's always been a lot i'm i'm very happy that you were so open with that because i don't think a lot of people are yeah well you know i mean there's, there's definitely no lying about it like when you're talking about heavy energetic music that's based off of like an engaging live show like our band always has been i mean mm -hmm. that position 
you know, we're not St. Matthews, you know, right, like I can't, right. just, I can't just stand there and like kind of drift off into my own head and just play acoustic chords and stuff or like, you know, anything like that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, exactly. No, yeah, that... it's just, Go ahead. it's just, yeah, it's, it's just hard. It's a, it's a hard position to fill. It's, to be honest, I think it's pretty much impossible. I don't think I've ever seen a band that is our type of genre or like our type of live engagement that yeah. has ever had a person that play guitar and sing that could do it well enough, in my opinion, to bring the kind of energy level that sure. we've been able to without it. Right. I wouldn't put you on the spot. I'm trying to think now of bands in my head. And it is rare, especially yeah, in the you know post-hardcore, metalcore genres like around that area. It is harder to think. I think I have a couple in my head, but I'm not going to say them now because. <laughs> but yeah, I can I can totally get what you're saying for sure. Yeah, you know, because I was I was thinking back to the days like you know, Sonny used to climb to the top of balconies and jump into the crowd, right? Stuff like that while you're singing. I'm like, you can't do that while you're playing guitar. No, like, absolutely. The only one band that I know where I've seen the guitarist do something crazy enough was, uh, you know, Enter Shikari. Yeah, yeah, they're crazy. Yeah, their guitarist got up on, it was a small venue in Boston, and they got up into the rafters area where all the pipes are, and he hung upside down while playing the guitar. Yeah, that's rad. That's super yeah, cool. That's not, that's not bad. <laughs> so I totally understand where you're coming from. That makes that makes complete sense. And is that what you're going to be going for with the uh, new material as well? Yeah, I mean, everything I've been writing uh, recently has been uh, definitely more geared towards our original feelings like you know i don't i don't want to say it sounds like dear diary right but i've been it's like writing from the place of how you felt then like uh, what did okay. i want to achieve back then i wanted to make people like feel frantic and like i was really you know thinking about like how it would translate live and like you know just like all the things that are fun about the bands and what it presented from from the get-go, and yeah. that's what I've been focusing on the most. So I guess in some ways it will feel reminiscent to that, but it's mostly because of like the feeling you'll get from it, I would say, if anything. Oh, wow. Okay. Did you kind of get that feeling from when you redid you know, the three songs that you did for Dead Trees with Spencer? Did you kind of get in that motivation then? Was that something that kind of sparked it? Um, no, not necessarily. I mean, that was really fun to do, and it was it was cool to just, like, record. The most fun thing for me about those was recording the songs with, like, modern-day audio fidelity, you uh, know? Okay. I was just like, cool, this is what they would sound like if they were mixed and mastered today, you know, with, right. like, bigger tones and things like that, which, you know, some people are really stoked on. It's like, you know, watching the remasters of Star Wars. Like, some people are like, never touch the original, <laughs> and some people are like, this is so much better, you know? No, he's going to have that dividing line. Right. And that's the thing. I think I've heard that for both ways, too, from, you know, different artists that I've had on the show, too, have said, you know, people that love Spencer and love Periphery, they're like, wow, I can't believe it came out that good. And then, of course, you have the other people that are like, oh, if it's not sunny, then it's nothing. You know how the fans are. That's kind of the way. Oh, it yeah. Works. Yeah, absolutely. And, dude, honestly, like none of us see it that way. All of us are just like, dude, it's just a song, you know? Right. Right. Like, it's a song, and we just wanted to do this for fun. Like, by in no way by us putting this out are we erasing the original version. It's still there. You can listen to it whenever you want. It's exactly. all over the whole world. Yep. I think that's the problem with a lot of people that talk about, because you can use it both ways, about the quote-unquote evolution of a band, where you're always going to get some people that want the exact same sound from before. There's always going to be those people that want something different 
from their favorite yeah. band, and they can go back and forth. But that's something that you guys have treaded the line throughout your entire career because heroin is so much different than Dear Diary, and then the self-titled is so much different than both of them. And then Throwing mm-hmm. From the Wool, like you keep on going down the line, and they are so much different from previous work, and you've just been able to go out there and do what you want every time. I just, I don't know, like, it's it's funny, because uh, there's this weird thing where, you know, when you reach success in, in music, I feel like it applies to music a lot, but it could definitely apply to, like, other things as well. But when you reach a certain point of success with your music, you are kind of entering into this world where you know that you'll never be able to please people the same way again. Right. And it's for, it's for many different reasons, because, you know, for one, you're only new once, okay? So, like, when you're new, that's something new to everyone that hears it, right? So it's like, Dear Diary, say that comes out, and people are like, wow, this is new and cool, or whatever they thought about it, right? Right. If we did it again, it's no longer new and cool. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just bad again. So you automatically never have, like, that awesome, like, youthful, you know, what is it called, a uh, honeymoon period. Ah, there you that, go, yes. That's it's gone. It's, you know, right. it's gone forever. Cause like you already knew if you did it, that time has passed. So then you, you're left with the decision of like, okay, do we do the safe thing and keep making more of the same stuff until we eventually fizzle out because people get bored and music's evolved and no one cares anymore. Right. Or do you just do whatever you want and keep making, you know, different music that just reflects whatever you want or how you feel in the time period. And we just went with the second option. Yeah. Really. I, I would honestly think that that's the reason why you're still around and still able to do it is because you did it that way. I mean, yeah, I would certainly hope so. I mean, it definitely speaks volumes for, like, you know, being an artist, I think, you know? Like, because music is supposed to be about art. I feel like if you're sitting around constantly surrounded by these rules that you've made for yourself just to preserve, I don't know, like your economic freedom or whatever it may be, like your financial success, I think that it starts to bleed into what you're doing and it could lead to things that are not as pure or as, you know, fun for a listener, really. Right. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. Let's go to heroin for a second. So I know that you, there was a question that I've always kind of wanted to ask about this. So I know that Wes Borland joined you for this album and this was on a completely, like I mentioned before, it's in a completely different vein of Dear Diary. There's a lot of Really, like, besides the guitar work, which is a lot different, there's a lot of really, like, piercing lyrics. There's a lot of things that really get you on this album. But for Wes, he was always known for Limp Bizkit, but he was never really made fun of for being in Limp Bizkit the way other people were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why, why, why do you think that was? He seemed like a really great guy. Uh, what was it like working with him? Wes was never made fun of, and he honestly never will be, because he's an unforgiving artist. Like, right. he's a zero-compromised person. I like, like that. Yeah, and, you know, that's why he stands out so much in the band. Like, he's the guy up on stage dressed up like a monkey with lights yeah. coming off his face and stuff, you know? Like, yep. he doesn't care, you know? He, it's crazy. And working with him was incredibly, incredibly inspirational. He is just so full of wisdom and just such a really inspirational, awesome person. And he's such a great artist. Like, it's crazy. I remember the first night we met him, uh, we were hanging out and just talking or whatever. And I was like super nervous because I actually listened to Limp Biscuit when I was a kid. So yeah, I'll say I, you know, same here. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like kind of sitting there, like kind of 
trying to understand the reality that he was there to play on my record because I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Right. You know, it was nuts. I was like, wow, this is totally absurd to me right now. Um, so, yeah, we were just hanging out. We ended up getting drunk, and we had, like, a guitar solo off. Um, oh, wow. So we were, yeah, so we, there's, like, this little stage in the place we were recording. So we got up on that stage. And we just started jamming with the ants, and we were just going nuts, and then we ended up smashing guitars all over the stage. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a good time. Oh, that's but yeah, great. man, dude's awesome. I mean, he taught me a lot about, you know, just being in a band on, like, that upper level and, like, you know, what kind of decisions you should make and things like that. He's just really smart and really talented. Would you ever try and get him back for a collaboration at any point? Oh, yeah, of course. I would work with Wes any day of the week because he was like, hey, let's do something. I'd be like, yep, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I just wanted to check because I know you're extremely busy. He's always busy. And it's just I never knew if anything like that would work out because I don't know if so many people anymore, like he has that legitimate, he is always, like you said, he's always going to be liked in the music industry, especially with artists, I'm sure, as well. But also, everyone's always going to know that name. But I haven't heard much out of him lately, so I wasn't sure what he was up to. Yeah, well, you know, like our significant others will always say, if there's anything in life that you want to do, you'll figure out how to make time for it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's a good quote. Yeah. I like that. Let me ask you this. So we go from heroin to the self-titled. Was naming it, you know, from first to last, was that a way of saying, like, hey, even though Sonny is gone, we're still us? Uh, actually, yeah. I think that was exactly what we were thinking. All right. That's good. I'm glad I actually <laughs> had a little bit of insight there. So with that album, with that album, though, obviously there was some backlash, you know, fans from Sonny leaving and then also that the sound changed again. But the question with that one was, that one seemed like it was the more commercially available, uh, sorry, was that a more lucrative album for you guys? Because that was in movies and video games. It was all over. Um, it, in a way, I would say, yeah, maybe lucrative, not as much financially as you might think, but I'd oh, say okay. lucrative an opportunity. Oh, great. Like, okay. we definitely, we got the most awesome opportunities in that record cycle, you know, as far as like, playing like MTV Europe winter break free show with the cure with like right. 36,000 people at it and like playing rock and ring with rage against the machine and you know like going on tour with kiss like all that crazy stuff you know that was pretty nuts that yeah. whole cycle no absolutely yeah you did a lot of you I mean you obviously continued more touring from from before as well now when you look back at that album how do you feel about it to this day the way I feel about it is this I personally like some of the songs on it and i think that in the moment we were doing what we felt was necessary to preserve the band's survival okay and that was because of the label we were signed to our manager at the time like they were very like pushy and this is like it's funny guys we were talking earlier about us always doing what we wanted this is the one time in our career that we actually kind of like gave in under the pressure ah gotcha but i also say you know, we didn't, we weren't really given much of a choice in the matter. And it's not that I don't like the songs, because like I said earlier, I like all kinds of music and everything, but I think that I can see why it would have been confusing for fans, for sure. And like, I, I'm not naive to that. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's a hard thing to pull off switching singers. And I think that like a lot of the thing was just us being like, 
I don't know, like, there's a good chance no one's going to like us anymore anyway because Sonny's gone, so maybe what we should do is just try and rebrand the band in a whole different direction now ah, so we sure. have, like, this outlet through a major label and whatnot. Maybe we can just kind of bring some of the people with us that believe in us but kind of hope that we can start moving towards something else just because we, we won't really have much of a choice in the matter and once we quit. Gotcha. So, it was just kind of a strange position to be in, honestly. And it's like, there's really never really any decision in that moment that feels totally 100% right. Because ah. you just yeah. don't know. Right, <laughs> very true. Guessing. And that's also not what I'm saying, is that it's a, it's a poor album at all. Because I enjoy a lot of the music on that album. But it was one of those ones where it went so many different places that I wouldn't expect the band to go, but there was that huge backlash. So that completely makes sense. Yeah. Like I said, I like it too. I just... I just can understand definitely like why a fan would be confused by the style change. Right, right. Now, after that, you went to Throne to the Wolves, and this was the first album and the last, right, where Travis wasn't a part of it. Uh, yeah, that was the only album. Yeah. Was it something from the previous album that made him need to stop, or was there something else? No, I mean, that was just like a, <clears throat> that was the, like, the low point. Where like we had reached the point where uh, there was a bunch of stuff like crumbling like in our in our backgrounds like with you know being on whatever label I think they're on Rise at that point. Yes, Rise. But yeah. I think that came into the game later. But uh, I don't know. We had just done a few tours. Like the band was starting to like really feel like the um, the cultural shifts, I guess, in the music sure. that was going on. Like at that point, like. Coincidentally, bands like Asking Alexandria and stuff like that are kind of like taking the, the limelight, like the, the very heavier, way heavier than we were ever going to go to, you know? Gotcha. And uh, the band was definitely feeling like like the pressure of all that and whatnot. And I don't know, it, just, it was just like a weird time. And like that album like reflects a lot of that anger slash anxiety <laughs> for sure. Like Yes. You know? <laughs> I can definitely tell. I, I connected to this album a lot. I enjoyed the direction you went on this one. Let me ask you this, did in cashing out, did you ever get any backlash from any other bands that kind of took that song personally? You know what? No. Everyone just kind of like acted like it didn't exist. Oh, and okay. I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> like that's fine. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty insane lyric. Once again, credit to Derek. I was just like, yep, we're doing that. Yeah. Because <laughs> in that moment, I was just like, fuck the world, man. Who cares? Like, That's what it, it seemed that to was be. Like, yeah, that was, that was just like, you know, it was very similar to what I mentioned earlier, like when you realize the inevitable end, and I was like, I think this is the end of this band. Gotcha. You know, like, that, was, that was it. Because like music, I was just like, man, everyone just wants to hear heavier and heavier and heavier. Like We're just not that kind of band. And now it's like, here we are kind of funny because you know like everything's in cycles as they say it's like here we are and now like i feel like the really heavy stuff is kind of growing out again and everyone's back into like what we were doing like yeah. at the very beginning like you know it's like emo nights popping up all over oh, america and everywhere. stuff and like yeah yeah it's, everyone's kind of shifting back because like you know it's like everything else you hear it and you get sick of it and you want the other thing again did you notice that also it seems like new metal is back as well oh yeah definitely it, it seems like everything just goes in cycles that's, that's, does, what, totally. that's really what it seems now I did want to ask you uh, about this too because I probably I might have missed it in my research but with the song uh, Elvis said ambition is a dream with a V8 engine off uh, thrown to the wolves sorry with that one you mentioned the whole getting sued by friends was that because of the Atreyu issue with the tour or was that from something else no that was something else oh, okay. uh, 
Is yeah, it not worth know. not worth getting into right now? Nah, not really. I, I understand. because that album was so like forthright with a lot of things that lyric always spoke out to me and i was like what so i understand we don't need to go into that yeah (laughs) no totally understand so from thrown to the wolves then you went on hiatus and you went and you joined drugs well so i actually forgot to mention i saw you guys again on the thrown to the wolves when you did the tour with i believe it was asking alexandria at the time Mm -hmm. and i remember on that one you saying you know hey this might be kind of the end of the band i remember you saying something similar like that on stage and i remember uh (laughs) i forget who it was i think it was the guitarist at the time was that blake yeah blake yeah yeah. i think blake was yelling at the crowd because they were yelling or chanting sunny or something yeah (laughs) that's what i'm talking about man like those are just weird times it was a lot of weird yeah i can tell you this though it's still and i'm not saying because you're on the show it still was a great show but I'm obviously a super fan, so for me, I'm gonna enjoy anything. But I just, <laughs> I, I thought I should mention that first. Uh, but then I also, the first time I met you was when you were in drugs and you came here to Boston and you guys did the meet and greet, Craig and everyone. And my question for that one was, what was it like to be in? You know, this is now really your your next band after from first to last. So was this your first recording with a brand new band? Yeah, absolutely. What was that like? Um, what was that transition like? And I mean, you were basically in a super group. Yeah, um, you know that was that was actually kind of funny because I I joined the band I want to say like three weeks before we went to John Feldman's to record the album. Okay. And we you know we demoed a little bit at Craig's apartment and stuff, and you know we, we, it's funny because like I don't have you ever watch like reality shows like where you see people like slowly like learn their role in a, in a new society <laughs> oh, sure. yeah. yeah that's kind of what it was like i was like every day like we were all just kind of like trying to figure out what our new roles are going to be with each other and like you could just see it organically happening over time ah, okay. um so that was kind of like funny and interesting to observe but uh i don't know i mean it, it was pretty similar to what i was used to it's just that like this time i didn't really know everyone's like breaking points or temperaments or anything like that sure. so it was just kind of like figuring that out as we went along and you know how pushy i could be and whatever <laughs> and with ideas or like you know getting people to see outside the box and i'm always like trying to do that so right right i'm, but, I'm I mean, guessing was, that didn't go over as well no it was actually really fine oh like, was it? Okay. um yeah you know, nick and aaron are in the studio with me the entire album process all right and uh i mean those guys are both just like so just awesome great dudes super good at the flow non-confrontational great great i cannot stress enough how great people they are oh good All and right. uh working with them was super easy you know and like uh it, it was the majority of was it the three of us and then um adam joined the band at the very end of the recording process um because he was like still involved with things with story of the year that were happening in the time and whatnot right but uh yeah so the majority of that process was just us and it was fun i had a great time like working with Feldman was really fun we butted heads a little bit but that's to be expected <laughs> you sure. know like um, but we still talk and he's a great guy. I consider him a friend and everything about that was super fun. And it was really exciting cause it was just new, you know, something different, something refreshing to get my mind off of like the stresses and anxieties I had over incidents like you just described at our yeah, show sure, yeah. that you were talking about. It was just nice to have a clean start again. Yeah. That makes total sense. And yeah, you can hear it because I remember hearing the first singles off of that and going, is this new from first to last? Like, I, cause I remember, you know, Craig going to take over 
you know, for the touring when when Sonny was leaving and all that kind of stuff. So I thought maybe that that had been him just joining you. And it ended up being sort of like that. Uh, but it was a nice change of pace as well. But I remember seeing you and hearing it. I was just like, you know when Matt Good is a part of something because it sounds to me like from first to last. That's cool. I mean, I definitely appreciate that. Um, it was cool because that record, like a lot, some of the songs, not all of them, but some of them were written in a sense of like, this song is A, E minor, C, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, sure. any, but they're like, okay, so now, you know, you can rewrite the guitars to be whatever you want them to be as long as they follow the basic melodic progression. So right. I was like, okay, cool. So I just got to, like, rewrite all these cool riffs that I like that, you know, were a reflection of me. And Nick did as well. And uh, and that, not for all the songs, but, you know, there were some that were like that. And uh, we just did that, and it kind of, like, let our personality show through, and it was cool. Yeah. I understand why it was a short-lived band, but it was great while it lasted. Yeah. Now let's go on now to the Kickstarter because I know this is how we first started talking. Yeah. <laughs> I have the whole timeline and everything for this because I was obviously there from the beginning. And tell me that process. Like what what got you to say, Hey, I just miss this so much, we need to start some way of getting the band back together or getting new music out there. How did it first start? Okay, so I was talking to Travis, and I was, at this point, I was producing full-time, but very, like, locally only, and I was still, like, learning the ropes and whatnot. Okay. And I had reached a point where I was like, man, like, I just miss, like, making music for myself, because I've been making music with other people and enjoying it, but, like, you know, there's still that, like, thing where you make it for someone else, and you don't get to kind of feel the pride of it when it's your own kind yeah. of thing. And I was like, well, why don't we just get some first last back together? And then there was like this kind of clusterfuck of emails and phone calls trying to see who I could get on board with it because it had been so long and everyone was doing their own thing and whatnot. Sure. And then finally we arrived with um, Travis and Manning and me. And then I was like, okay. And Derek, Derek was just not in the place to do it at the time because of whatever was going on with him. Like, I can't. Oh, sure. say for sure right but you know it's something some normal real life normal person stuff you know and yeah then, uh, absolutely and then, uh yeah so then we were like okay well how do we do this and then a lot of different ideas are tossed around but someone was like hey you should try this kickstarter thing and i was like okay so i did it and then um we got money to go record so i got everyone plane tickets and we went out to um DC to record at Taylor Larson studio because I had worked with them previously on a production and I really liked them. Oh, sure. So we were out there for a long, pretty long time, actually, and just kind of like, you know, writing and just trying out ideas and whatever. And then like I met Spencer and then he was like, man, I loved your band. I was like, really? That's crazy. Cause you're in periphery. I never would have <laughs> thought that, you know? Right. And then, uh, and then it got to us talking and he was like, I'd love to do a song. And I was like, cool. Why don't you just do all the songs? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, really? Okay, why not? And then that was like the beginning of what happened. And then shortly after, Taylor was like, hey, man, can I just play guitar? Because like, I've been working with you on this for a while, and I think that'd be sick. And I was like, sure, why not? Just right. play guitar. <laughs> so, uh, you know, same same attitude. Again, here we are. Um, and then, yeah, so we made the record, and then we had to take a little bit of a break, and we kept working on it. And then like we 
And the Sumerian wanted to pick up the band because Spencer was in it and he was in periphery and they're like, trust us, this will be the easiest route for this to happen, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I was like, okay. And then uh, they were like, okay, we're going to handle this Kickstarter for you now and like get this all taken care of as part of your agreement to sign with us. Because it was basically just us putting the record on their label. Since everything was paid for already, they were just like, hey, we'll just release this for you. Right. So like, okay, why not? So <clears throat> then they're like, yeah, let's do that. And then, uh, and then we ran into all these release schedule problems because Periphery and us being on the same label, and they both we both had a new record ready at the same time, and Periphery had like a higher priority there. So then we had to wait, and because like you know, well, it just turned into like this extremely huge, annoying mess that like really kind of sucked because I was really stoked on the CD, and then like we just ran into like problem after problem after problem. And I had no idea why. Cause I was like, dude, this is so fun. Right. And everything was so just like go with the flow, non-serious, non-committed. I think this, I thought it would just go out and be like, Oh, we did it guys. Yay. Yeah, but right. <laughs> it just became like this crazy thing where just like every day it was just some new problem for so long. And even now it's still, like, oh, you know, and talk, talking to you, I find out like, oh, there's still a few people that haven't got their Kickstarter prizes. And I'm sitting here like, why? Like, how is this still a thing? Yeah, that's like for people that have been listening to the show for a long time. That was one of my bits that I made up was I was just like, I've reached out to so many people now. I'm going to just start this fun bit where any point in the show, someone is just going to ask me, hey, has from first to last contacted you yet? And then I'd make up something. It'd be like, no, that's not it. But with this, I can at least say that bit is over. We actually had <laughs> we had an ending to the bit. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, it worked. I mean, but that's that's the thing that that was so strange because I was talking to so many people because I was just happy to go ahead and support the band. I got a couple things from the Kickstarter, and believe me, if I could have afforded the come out and like be on the album thing that you had, <laughs> I would have done that for sure. But then I started seeing because I never received anything. Then I started seeing lots of people talking about how they never received anything. And I don't think, or I'm hoping, that most people never thought that it was you guys, the band. But we all figured it had to have something to do with the whole record label thing. Yeah, unfortunately. Because, I mean, the last I heard is that it was, hey, we got it taken care of. And then, I mean, to be fair, from my side of things, I, like, so when it came out, like, I was going on Instagram and looking up our hashtags and whatever and, I had hundreds and hundreds of posts of like, got my CD in, cool. Right, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like cool, I guess it worked out. We're all good. Right. So, you know, it, it was definitely like weird to hear that. So I'm in the middle of figuring that out right now. Oh, like, yeah. But, um, well, let me add... I mean, go ahead. Sorry. Go, go ahead. Oh, I was just uh, going to say, one of the things that I got was the handwritten lyrics. Did you actually that, write those things out and give them to Sumerian? Yeah. Oh, that's ridiculous then, because that's that's one of the things that I got, uh, and yeah, I never received that for sure. But that would be the thing that I would question would be because I wouldn't expect you to remember all of the things that were there, all the personal things. So I would expect that they would have had to have contacted you. But if you even sent those already, then that's that's really weird. I know, but I mean, there's so many different factors that could have existed and somehow and not getting lost in transit, or I have no idea. Oh, but true. So, I don't know, whatever. If I had to rewrite him, it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the story of that. But anyway, all, all in all, good record. I mean, I enjoyed yeah. it. It was fun. No, it and a great it, time. It's once again, it's a from first to last record. Like, of course, 
I think a lot of people are going to enjoy it. I certainly enjoyed it. My favorite off the record was Electrified. I like that one yeah. a lot. Yeah, for sure. That yeah, one's like that, yeah, that one hits me all the time. Did you have a favorite that you enjoy? Like, I guess also, I did want to ask you this. When you went ahead and you scheduled a few shows live after Dead Trees came out, is there a, a song that you really enjoy playing live? Is there a favorite, absolute favorite? I like off any album. Yeah, you can do any album, but then also if there's anything new from Dead Trees, I know it's also invigorating to get new music out there, too. Um, Probably all-time favorite is just Note to Self, just because it's always been such like a crowd-participating song. Awesome. But um, um, back in the day, I used my favorite song to play live used to be Cashing Out. Just cause oh, really? So, okay. Yeah, I love playing that song. It's a lot and of then, fun. Uh, yeah. And then I used to love, um, crap, what was it? The Levy? It was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, the new the new one, I, I liked playing Dead Trees a lot. That song live just had like a good feel. Yeah, I could see that. And how was that touring? Because it was only a few select dates uh, in on like the West Coast area. How was that? Um, it was okay, but back to like the whole scheduling and uh, all that headache that we had to go through. Our record was supposed to be out when those shows happened, and it and wasn't because right. of all the stuff I was talking about. So there was like literally no promotion or anything, any reason for anyone to come to the show. So they didn't really do as well as they should have because ah, we gotcha. were like, oh, the new record will be out and you know, people, the band will be in people's minds and it will make sense and they'll all come out and hear new stuff. And, but this wasn't the case, unfortunately. We got kind of screwed over in that on that scenario. Well, now that is absolutely unfortunate. But let's talk about the new, what you can talk about with the new stuff that you're working on. Is there anything you can tell people? Because I understand wanting to keep it a surprise and, and all that. But you did let people know that there was new music being made. What can we expect? Um, You know, the, expect the unexpected, I guess. Because right. at this point, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I really mean that, too. Like, every day is a surprise to me. Like, I don't know. It's funny because now the band's at this point where, like, you know, we've been around forever and, like, we have lots of different connections and things like that. And I feel like people, like, want to be a part of this in a lot of fun in different ways. And that could be part of what happens. And I guess we'll just see. I mean, I'm definitely taking my time with it. We only have, like, three songs written right now. Oh, okay. So. All right. So this yeah. is more something in 20, if everything goes to schedule, this is more of something in 2017. Um, I'd imagine so, but okay. I mean, that also depends if we even, what we decide to do, you know, like it, everything is up in the air right now. We could put out one song or no songs until okay. next year. I mean, I have no idea. Is this something you're still working with uh, Samarian on? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, now that Periphery has stopped putting out an album every like three months, maybe, <laughs> maybe you'll actually be able to get it out. Uh, with yeah, yeah, amount we're, of time. we're not. Yeah, we're not. We're not facing any kind of schedule conflictions this time. And like even so, last time it's not like it was anyone's fault. It was actually no, just no. Um, no one really like looked into the finer details of that before we jumped in and just went with it. So, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. For this new album that's coming out, I know we're not gonna. We, we can't talk about certain things. But can you mention what happened with Spencer? Because a lot of people have been asking that question. Where before it was more of a like, oh yeah, he's just coming on for one, but then it seemed like there was going to be a continuation, and his answers to why he's no longer in the band have been kind of weird. Can you talk on that at all? Oh yeah, well, I just saw him like two days ago. 
um, periphery played here. Oh, right. And okay. Yeah, I mean, he 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 texted me and he was like, "Dude, why is this an article? This is ridiculous." This oh, is being good. Blown okay. way out of proportion. And I All was right. like, "I don't know, man." No, that's then, great to uh, hear. All right. He, dude, it's just I hate to say it, man, but so much media has just revolved around clickbait at this point. Everyone's just trying to get page views, so right. That's a perfect example of it. Like, oh, Spencer says blah blah blah. blah. It's like he doesn't care. He was just like, "Look, man, it was a, it was a mutual thing." Like. You're in periphery. From our point of view, it's like you're in periphery. That's your main focus. And if you are full-time in this band as the band's full singer, that obviously puts us at the disadvantage of you having your schedule because you're very busy, and that's fine. And it's not like it's a negative thing. It's just a fact, right. you know? Yeah. And then, um, and then from his point of view, he's like, in the last three years, I've made like five full lengths, and I just yeah. don't think I have anything to even write about enough right now to even make a whole record. That's where my now, joke came from, is because they are just, they're putting out material left and right. Right. So, like, first we put out, like, a double-disc album, then, and at the same time he did our album, mm-hmm. and he also did a full-length for his Endure solo project thing that he does. Oh, that's and right, yeah. Did, and he just did another periphery album that yep. just came out. So, it's at this point, the dude is, like, I mean, the dude has written a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah, in a short amount of time. Yep. And I think, he, you know, mentally, he just needs a break a little bit, honestly, and that's yeah. fine. Like, he deserves that. Right. And uh, but, but with that being said, that doesn't mean that he, there won't be collab- collaborations with us on the record because he's still a great friend of ours. Oh, good. And and yeah, and like we still want to work together. It's just that he's not going to be assuming the role of the band soul singer anymore. Right. And that makes total sense. And I think a lot of people had that question at the beginning too: was how is he going to balance both of those things out? So yeah, I'm just. I think most people will be glad to hear that as well because you're right. It's all clickbait on it. That's why I'm glad to be able just to talk to you and just ask you outright about it because right. And, and if yeah. they weren't obsessed with clickbait, they would have just asked one of us, and I could have given them that answer right. in the first place. Right. Exactly. Instead of circulating around the internet, giving people this idea that like like now we hate each other or something. Yeah. That's what everyone assumes, and then it's like, great, here we are in Donald Trump's America. <laughs> and that's that's what I was. I was like, why doesn't alt press? Just go to them and ask. Like, what was, right. why is that an article that comes out? It doesn't, yeah, it just didn't make any sense. So, I mean, did I, you, do you, you watch Last Week Tonight at all? Yeah. Oh, I love John Oliver. Did you see, did you see the piece last week about journalism? I mean, this is oh. like exactly what that is. It yes. falls exactly into what he was explaining. And it's so funny that I think a lot of people know the things that John Oliver talks about, but when he does one of those bits that just goes the entire length of the show or, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes of the show, for some reason, the way he puts it out just makes everyone's brain just click. It just snaps. It's like, oh, yeah, we've known this for forever, but, yeah, that's what's happening. Yeah, because he knows how to explain things in a way that doesn't sound intimidating or, like, it's just factual information that a normal person can relate to. Right. Like his interview with um, Edward Snowden, like, oh, when they're yeah. talking about, like, oh, but can I see my junk on the internet? Yes. <laughs> and that's like what it really got broken down to is whether or not people could see your dick pic. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, no, absolutely. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I think we're great with music. Thank you very much for, uh, for <laughs> fielding all of my random questions that I've been saving up for what, thir- 15 years, 13 years, somewhere around there. Uh, um, so I, I very much appreciate that. But I did mention the Star Wars thing before because I know you're a huge Star Wars fan. So what do oh, you yeah. think of the new Rogue One coming out? The new Rogue One? It looks great. I mean, I, I'm i really excited to see another Star Wars with Darth Vader in it. How yeah. much will be a part of it is yet to be seen. I'm not entirely sure. But 
I'll take it, man. I mean, at this point, I'm just such a fan. Like, yeah. I'll take any Star Wars media content that's out there <laughs> at this point. Like, the more, the better. And, like, I know there's some people that probably don't want that, but for me, I'm the exact opposite. The more you can give me, the better. I'm the kind of guy that will sit and watch, you know, 10 straight seasons of a TV show because I like it, and I'll be like, where's the rest, you know? Right, right. Was, so, there, was there anything that you have been watched, uh, sorry, binge-watched that much? Because I think for the last one for me was Stranger Things. Oh my god, dude! I've been watching so much stuff; it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, I, I just been binge watched Mr. Robot. Oh, very um, nice. Yeah, it's a great show. I did Stranger Things. Um, I just did the show called The, the Hundred. Um, oh yeah, I've heard of that one before. Was is that worth yeah, it? it? It depends on what you're into. To me, it kind of reminds me of like um, Lost. Oh well, like sci-fi in the future. Oh something. well, then you got me already. Then okay, all yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> you, I mean, you should check it out. It's yeah. definitely cheesy in moments, but it's like it's, it's a pretty brutal concept. You know, it's just basically about kids that get sent down to Earth oh, after yes. after a nuclear war to find out if Earth's inhabitable again, and there's an indigenous species down there, and lots of murder. It's pretty I, nice. I've watched the first five episodes of that, and that's why I kind of oh, okay. just went away, and now I have to go back. Yeah, it just, it just gets crazier as it goes on. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that and like, I don't know, man. Uh, what else have I watched? Like the Great British Baking Show or whatever. I've been I, watching with my wife. Oh, uh, I do not know that one. I'm going to have to look that one up. That's literally just people in Britain baking things on a competition show. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah. So wait, it's like MasterChef over there, but with baking? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, right. Only baking, yeah. Um <laughs> I mean, like I said, I watched a lot of stuff. I, all of, one thing I really liked a lot that I watched was uh, this show on Amazon Prime about the Arizona Cardinals. And oh. it's like all behind the scenes, like throughout their whole season last year. So it shows them, you know, during training camp and then like during the entire season and it shows them getting the playoffs and then unfortunately losing well, at right. the end. And like, you know, it just shows that like you're there with them. And it's pretty crazy because I'm a huge football fan. So you don't really get to see like behind the scenes really all that much in right. football. Right, right, so it's, right. It's really cool to see that. Oh, very nice. Okay, yeah, that's. I always like to kind of uh, talk about something else there because I have the other show, the Ian Hates Movies show. So we always talk about all the random stuff there as well. Is there any movie recently or currently that you've been excited about or that you've really enjoyed? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I just saw Sausage Party the other day. <laughs> How was that? It's it's pretty. It's it's really hard to say because like part of you is like what the hell am I watching right now? Right. But then the other part of me is like this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a there's a a long sequence at the end that is definitely arguably the craziest animated sequence ever made for sure. Like wow, I wouldn't think many people would argue that. Okay. Um. And then I'm gonna go see that uh that Daniel Radcliffe movie tonight. Uh. Um. The uh, uh, Swiss Army Man? Swiss Army Man. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go see that tonight. I've heard that's pretty cool. So yeah. I want to check that out. No, very true. That is cool. Actually, wait, is it still playing in a theater near you? Uh, Yeah, I have like one of those theaters that will play movies after they've been pulled from the major ones. Nice. I missed my chance to see it. Oh, okay. Busy, so I'm going to go to one of those. Oh, that's very good. Uh, now, have you seen Suicide Squad yet? No, and I keep hearing that it's terrible. So it is. I'm kind of hesitant. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would wait for like a red box or something. Uh, I wouldn't waste your time in theaters. I know people get pissed at me, but I already did a whole show on it. And mm -hmm. the the disappointing thing is being a fan of Suicide Squad, because that's the only DC thing that I read comic book-wise, it just, even if you didn't know the comics, they just had the ability to be so much better 
and it wasn't. So it's not that you would be really angry. It's more that you would be very disappointed. Right, I understand that. Yeah, that's that's a tough part. I mean, they basically ripped off Ghostbusters for most of the ending sequence. It's like Zool. That's who they're facing. It's really weird. That's yeah, that's really weird. Yeah, it's it's very strange. It's very strange. So you're on a much better track tonight for sure. But if you do get a chance to see Suicide Squad, I'd wonder what you think of it because yeah, it's it's really not very good. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they set the bar pretty high for comic book movies at this point. Oh so. yeah. You know, it has a lot to live up to. I mean, no matter, like, what kind... I mean, Deadpool is so great, I yes, thought. Yes, Yep. And then, like, you know, like some of the newer Avengers installments have been pretty ridiculous. And the Civil just, War one has been good. Uh, Captain America has been good the last two movies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, very true. Matt, I think we're good here. I appreciate you. I know you're super busy, so thank you for taking the time out. This was awesome. Uh, is there any way right now that you would like people to support you in anything? Um, no, not really. I mean, just, you know, if you're a fan of what I do in any way or any capacity, just, you know, check out the stuff that comes out. You know, uh, Memphis Mayfire's new record that I did comes out in October, and yep. I'm really excited about that. Uh, you know, hopefully these Asking Alexandria songs come out soon, and then hopefully From First to Last comes out even sooner. So Absolutely. I guess just keep an eye in and ear out, you know. Other than that, I'm just going to be here doing my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Well, yeah, once again... Look, and this is my my last little emotional thing. From first to last is one of those bands that I basically think have, you know, like saved my life with a lot of the music. And that's why I have this show is to be able to talk and promote the bands that I love. So I just want to thank you again from the heart. This was awesome. Uh, much appreciated, oh, yeah. Matt. Hey, man, no problem. Thank you for having me. It was definitely really fun. Oh, absolutely. Thank you again.
All right, everyone. So, wow. How'd you like that? Pretty good, right? Yeah, I'm surprised I kept it together. I really legitimately never thought that I would be talking to Matt Good on Ian Hates Music. I would like to not only thank Matt for taking time out of his busy schedule, because everyone knows how busy he is, not only, like he said, writing new from first to last material, but all the producing and everything else that he's up to right now. Make sure to support him. You heard he's working on the new Memphis Mayfire that's coming out. Also the new Asking Alexandria. Plus we mentioned Whitney Payton. Check all of that out. And then, of course, hopefully from first to last coming soon as well. But obviously my music choices uh, were based on the conversation I had. You know, Ride the Wings of Pestilence and then The Levy. And then I'm going to end the show with Cashing Out. So yeah, not only, like I said, not only do I want to thank Matt for taking time out of his busy schedule... But I also want to thank Ty, brand new co-host of Ian Hates Music. He reached out, and it just happened. So I'd like to thank him very much. And everyone knows about his music blog. There'll be a link on the website. But of course, it's tyrockcity.wordpress.com. So once again, obviously, I'm a huge fan of From First to Last, as everyone knows. That conversation brings an end to the bit. Has From First to Last contacted Ian Hates? Uh, because it happened. Uh, so that brings the end of that bit. I'm going to have to find out something else to do for this show. But I hope everyone enjoyed that. I could go on and on of how much of a fan I am. But I think if you listen to the show on a regular basis, you already know that. I am really, really excited for brand new music. I don't know. You know, obviously, you know, I couldn't ask him about Sonny because he can't talk about that. But I thought it was very interesting, the stuff that came out about Spencer, because that's kind of what I figured it was. And it's very strange that no one just went ahead and asked him. So I was very happy that he was completely upfront and let everyone know everything about that. So that was great news. But yeah, I'm just really looking forward to that new album and hearing what he does with these other bands that I'm a big fan of as well. So once again, I'm not going to ramble on. I probably do that too much already, have so many <laughs> so many shows already, and so many other ways that you can hear me ramble if you want. But I wanted to get this out there because it really was a surprise and a shock to me, and I hope it's the same for you, and I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Matt. So once again, thank you, Matt. Thank you, Ty. And just quickly, in case this is your first time hearing Ian Hates Music, you can find this show and other shows that I do on www.ianhates.com. There's a movie show. There's a relationship show coming soon. And then you can listen to this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, any of your other favorite podcast listening apps. Please take the time to rate, subscribe, and share, especially on iTunes. If you like the conversation, if you like what you're hearing, that really helps us out. So much appreciated. And then you can interact with me on Twitter, at Ian Hates Podcast, Instagram, Ian Hates Podcast, and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Ian Hates. You can also email me, ianhates at gmail.com. And I'm going to end the show with cashing out, like I said. But first, I'll leave you like I always do, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.